0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, yarn lovers. I hope you are having a fantastic Tuesday. I am Keila Party, the host of Crocheting Worlds the Podcast, and you are listening to Crocheting Worlds the Podcast episode 2. So if you missed last week's episode, we talked about starting a small business and six easy steps. And in today's episode, we are talking about amigurumi. Now, if you ever tried the art of amigurumi crochet, you know that it stresses you out to the max. So today I'm going to be telling you guys what it is some tips and tricks, and even answering some questions you all have about it. But before that, you know that we have to start with our funny short story or crochet confession. So if you guys missed last week's funny story, you're going to want to go back and check it out because I talked about how I got a deaf stare by another customer at Joanne's and how I held up the line for 10 minutes when there was only one cashier on the job. That was very traumatizing for me because I almost got ran over by a bunch of angry customers of shopping carts. So luckily today's story is literally just a crochet confession and just a little less traumatizing. So my crochet confession today is that sometimes I buy yarn just to fill up my yarn wall. So if you guys know me, you know that I my yarn wall needs to be perfect and I have to redo it every single week. So it's never the same in all my TikToks. So every week I say, let's see, what colors do I want this week? And I'd be like, hmm, I want a yellow, orange, and blue. Wait, I don't have any yellow. I guess I'm going to Joanne's, And I'm trying not to do that because I ain't got money like that. But somehow I'm still spending money on yarn for my yarn wall. But that's my crochet confession. If you guys do that too, let me know because I'm pretty sure I am not the only one who buys yarn just for a picture and then puts it in a box for like the next two months. So that's my crochet confession. Now let's get into amigurumi. So first off, what is amigurumi? Like, is it, is it a food? Is it a game? Is it like, is it a candle, a scented candle flavor? No, amigurumi is a crochet or knitted doll that is three dimensional and it can be like a person, an animal, or literally any three dimensional shape so that's what amigurumi is and if that didn't really make sense to you do you guys see the elephant that i'm holding in the cover photo right now well i made that elephant with Lion brand yarns cover story and guess what it's also amigurumi if you guys want to make that elephant you can find the pattern on pinterest or all about amy's instagram so now let's talk about some tips and tricks i have for amigurumi so the first tip that i have is the tip that i guess would go first because you can't start your project off without a magic circle so first we're going to talk about magic circles so (laughs) when it comes to magic circle there is so much I want I don't want to say controversy but there's just so many different ways people like to do it and like people don't like sometimes when they see someone do it a different way and honestly I don't really care how people do it because like do whatever way works for you But like some people get like so mad about it and so annoyed. I don't know why. So when it comes to magic circles for amigurumis, there are two main ways people do. So the first way that is, I want to say the newer way is the chain two method. Now you're probably asking yourself, what is the chain two method? Well, the chain two method is basically where you, instead of making a magic circle, you chain two and then you do six single crochets in your first chain. Now, this works great, especially with blanket yarn because it pulls a lot and breaks. But when using this with a thinner yarn, like a weight four, it's not the best option and it's definitely not the option I would go with. So I would do a classic magic circle. Now, I know magic circles are hard to learn. They are very difficult. But guess what? With a little bit of work, we can learn them together. What I want you guys to do is this weekend, literally just sit down for 20 minutes And yes, 20 minutes, but it'll fly by really quickly. Pull up a YouTube video and keep practicing that magic circle until you get it. And once you get it right, don't stop right there. Do it again. And once you get it right again, don't stop again. Don't stop right there. Do it again. And do it again and do it again. And make a magic circle 20 times. Now, it sounds like a lot, but once you're at like 10, you can do it with your eyes closed. Like once you learn how to do it, it's super easy. You can do it without looking. Crazy, right? So now why a magic circle why can't i do chain two method like why do why am i suggesting magic circle instead of chain two well when it comes to magic circle it's a lot better for closing up holes so if you've made a the chain two method with something small you've probably noticed how there's like a hole on the top of your doll's head or like on the bottom of your doll's arm and the reason is because with the chain two, that's your foundation. So that hole there, there's nothing to close it up. But when you do your magic circle, it's literally just a line. There are no stitches, which basically means once you do your 6 crochet and, and pull on that string and close it up, there's not going to be a hole anywhere. And I'm explaining right now, and you're probably not understanding, but once you see it and do a magic circle, you'll totally understand what I mean. Now, another reason I prefer magic circles because... Those will really help you get the perfect head shape or whatever body shape you want perfectly. Now, you're probably saying, well, I have the perfect shape until I weave in my ends. And yes, I can totally agree with that because I used to do the same mistake over and over for almost a whole year now. And that was weaving in my ends like I would weave in a blanket or a granny square. That's something you don't want to do. With Amigurumi, when you do a magic circle start... You only want to weave your ends in on the first round of your magic circle. And once you do that, your head will have the perfect shape. And it sounds like I'm over exaggerating, but I am not. Try a magic circle and see if you like it, because it is a huge lifesaver and a good technique that you want to learn if you want to be an amigurumi artist. Now, since we're still talking about starting your project, you can't start your project without a crocheting hook or a knitting needle. You have to have one or the other to start a project. And here's the thing about amigurumi. Many people always have holes with stuffing coming out. That is the one thing so many people have a hard time doing is not having holes. And I'll admit, I did have this problem a couple times too, but I found a way to fix it and I looked up some other ways to fix it too. So the first tip is use a smaller crocheting hook or a smaller knitting needle. Now you're probably thinking, well, Caleb, the yarn label says I have to use this size. So when a yarn label says a size, it's a suggested size. But when it comes to amigurumi, those suggested sizes don't really take a factor in it because those suggested sizes are for large things like a granny square or a blanket or a cardigan. Like, yeah, you want to use a bigger hook. But when you're doing amigurumi, you're making tiny little stitches. You got to use a smaller crocheting hook. So the next factor that plays a huge part in finding the perfect crocheting hook for your Emmys is tension. Now you're probably wondering, Caleb, what is tension? Let's not make up some random words just to sound smart. No, tension is an actual thing and I'm actually going to tell you what it is today. So tension is basically the act of stretching or straining. So when you put that into crocheting terms, that could be holding your yarn too tight or making really tight stitches. So let's say you're using a very small hook and you're holding and you're holding and pulling your yarn super tight so every stitch you make is super tight and super small. But the stitches are supposed to be bigger. That means you have a really tight tension. Now let's say you're using a small hook and you're holding your yarn loosely. Now your stitches are really loose and there's stuffing coming out of all your stitches. That means you have a loose tension. So when it comes to finding the perfect crocheting hook, you want to find a tension that works for you. So usually people will try to change their tension, but I suggest just change your crocheting hook. Because changing your tension is really something that's hard to do because it takes a lot of time to do. It takes a lot of mental thinking to do. Now unless you have like a tension that you really don't want, I would suggest just change your crocheting hook. So if you have a really tight tension, move up like half a crocheting hook size or maybe even one whole crocheting hook size. Now, if you have a really loose tension, I would say go down half a crocheting hook size or down like one or two crocheting hook sizes and then see how it works for you. And don't think you're going to get it right on the first time because when it comes to crocheting, you barely ever get it right on the first time. It takes a lot of practice and trial and error and just play around with the different hook sizes and see... Which one works for you? So for me, I would say my tension is pretty regular. It's not really tight. Sometimes it's even a little loose. So if it's like on a day where I have like tight tension, I'll use like an eight millimeter crocheting hook for my brunette Blanket Yarn plushies, like the one in the picture, except that one's a different brand, but still blanket yarn. So let's say I'm making my my TikTok bees. If you follow me on TikTok, you've probably seen my TikTok bees. So let's say I'm making one of those. I'll use an 8mm crocheting hook. But let's say I have really loose tension that day because I'm just lazy and tired and I'm just crocheting for fun. Then I'll go down to a 7.5mm crocheting hook. And sometimes I'll even go to a 6.5mm crocheting hook. So it really just depends on how loose your tension is. So now I'm going to give estimates of what crocheting hook sizes you should try per yarn. So if you're trying a like worsted weight four yarn, I would suggest using a five millimeter to a 4.5 millimeter. So try both of those two and see which one works better for you. If you want to make plushies like I do and you're using brunette blanket yarn, I suggest you use an eight millimeter to a 7.0, so seven millimeter. And if you want to use sweet snuggles yarn, now this yarn I personally don't have Accurate knowledge from my perspective because I don't ever use this yarn But I asked a couple other crocheters who do use this yarn what they suggest and they said 8 to 10 millimeters So I would go somewhere in between there for sweet snuggles yarn Now that is a weight 7 yarn by the way So once we find our crocheting hook, once we find our tension, once we find our magic circle We need the yarn, right? Like come on Caleb, we can't crochet without the yarn Don't worry because I got some tips for you. When it comes to Amis, you have to find your yarn. Now let's say you've been on Instagram for like 20 minutes and you go across 10 different crocheting amigurumi pages. I don't know if you could tell, but if you actually pay attention, you can tell that they could all make the same thing, but they're slightly different because they're all using different yarn. Now, the reason everyone uses different yarn is because everyone has a yarn that works for them. It's just like buying food. Like some people can be lactose intolerant, so dairy foods wouldn't work for them. Like Cheez-Its, they can't eat that, but let's say you love Cheez-Its, so Cheez-Its is a good snack for you, but it's not a good snack for them. So it's the same thing with yarn. Let's say I love brunette blanket yarn, but someone doesn't. I love Cheez-Its, but they're lactose intolerant. It's the same thing. So that, what is it called? An acronym? Not a synonym. Analogy. That's what it was. There we go. Big words, Caleb. I have such a sh- low vocabulary. It's so sad. So anyways, so let's say you want to make something with a worsted weight yarn, a weight four. So what are your options? You have polyester you have bamboo yarn you have the most popular which is acrylic yarn another popular one which is cotton yarn and those are like your main four options which you'll find at a store and let's see out of those four options let's say you see well I want to try cotton yarn so you go you buy some cotton yarn you go home and you crochet and you say oh this doesn't work for me so you go back and you buy some bamboo yarn you go home you crochet with that and you say oh no that that doesn't work for me Let's say you go back to Joanne's for the third time now. Now it's like two months later because we wasted all the time on the other yarn. And you buy a worsted weight yarn, which is an acrylic yarn. You go home and you say, oh my goodness, this, wor- this is working for me. It looks so good. My creation looks perfect. We found your yarn. You've just found your yarn all by yourself. And how did you do it? By trial and error. It takes a lot of trial and it takes a lot of error to find which yarn is perfect for you. If you rush the process, you're never going to find the perfect yarn. If you just stick to one yarn and never try different types, you're never going to find your yarn. For me, every time I go to Joann's and I want to make a new project, I always say, well, is there a new yarn I could try? So let's say I'm making bucket hats. For the bu- When I make myself bucket hats, I always get a different yarn every single time. So the first time I used a acrylic yarn. The second time I used a polyester yarn. And right now I just bought some bamboo and cotton yarn to make new bucket hats to see which yarn works perfect for me. Have I tried the cotton and bamboo one yet? No, because I haven't had time for it. But I'm going to try it within the next month and see out of the four, which one works best for me. So you have to do the exact same thing. Which one works best for you? And I even tried some of like the fuzzy yarn. That doesn't work for me. It's always too loose and I can never shape it perfectly. And I said well, you know what? That's okay. Cause it doesn't have to be for me. There's other yarns out there that I can use. So while we're still talking about yarn, another tip that I have is if you like acrylic yarn the best, try premium acrylic. And now you're probably saying, what is premium acrylic? Is this like those deluxe sandwiches at the fast food restaurants Sounds like the same thing, but like $10 more? No, premium acrylic is actually a lot better than regular acrylic. And while they don't have as many colors and it's harder to find, it is so much better. So Premium Acrylic is a lot softer than regular acrylic yarn It and it doesn't fuzz as much which means there's not going to be all that like felt and fuzzing all around your doll. It's going to be clean, cute, and you can see all the designs you're putting into it. So the only brand that I know currently at my Joann's that sells Premium Acrylic yarn is line brand yarns and they sell them in pounds it's like the a pound of love that's what it's called it's called a pound of love and it's a premium acrylic if you've seen the Christmas sweater I crocheted for Xmas 2020 which is the year that just passed I made a sweater with the premium acrylic yarn and you can just see how if you if you zoom in the photo you're not going to see any fuzz on it because it's a clean cute look I used a premium acrylic which means it's soft and it's clean and the same thing really goes for plushie yarn. Some people prefer using a weight six blanket yarn, which I like, and a lot of people prefer using a weight seven blanket yarn. Like if you've seen the bigger TikTok bees or the blueberries or like even the frogs, I've seen people be making, they're using the weight seven yarn. Now I've tried weight seven, it doesn't work for me. Whenever I use weight seven, the body parts fall off. And while it might just be a sewing problem, I feel like it's just in general I just can't work with that yarn and it's okay because I'm fine with that. So I use the weight six blanket yarn which is Brunette blanket yarn and I think it works great for me. You don't have to use it but I use it because it works for me. So just because someone you like uses one type of yarn doesn't mean you have to use that yarn. So this one's kind of just like a cool thing that I saw online while doing some research and this is called stabilizers. So I don't really have a lot of information on this. I literally just wrote like two sentences but basically stabilizers just help stabilize your project now you're like what does that mean so if you've seen crocheted spriders you'll see most of the time two different types you'll see the ones that just have the legs hanging down which is like a couple chains and then you'll see the ones that have the legs that go point up point down for every single leg now if you try to crochet that they will not point up and they will not point down it'll just be straight So you're probably wondering how to get the pointed legs now i've learned the same thing for so long too until i saw a video on instagram where this wonderful crocheter she puts these little like metal thin wires in her crochet project and she shapes the crochet project with the wires almost like she's shaping like pottery and it looks so cool and you definitely have to try it out another thing you can stabilize stabilizers is like necks for dolls So let's say you make a huge doll for your child, but the neck is really floppy and you're like, well, I don't want it to have a floppy neck. Do not worry. If you use a hair foam roller and stick it in the body and push it all the way up to the head, then the head will stay in place and not move around. So stabilizers are definitely a really cool thing to use and a really cool thing to have. So I definitely suggest you guys check that out. And the next thing we're talking about is invisible decreasing, which is also known as single crochet, two together. So when you first learn to crochet, you learn about increasing and decreasing. But when you learn about amigurumi, you learn about invisible decreasing and invisible increasing. Now, I'm not talking about invisible increasing today. That'll be for amigurumi part two. I am talking about invisible decreasing today. So when it comes to amigurumi, invisible decreasing is a must. If you don't do an invisible decrease, there's going to be a hole in your project. No matter what hook size you use, there's gonna be a bunch of holes all around your project. So you have to use invisible decreasing, and don't worry, I'm gonna show you guys how to do it. So when you do regular decreasing, you go through both loops, the front loop and the back loop. But when you do invisible decreasing, you only wanna go through the front loop of your project. So you're gonna enter your hook in the front loop, yarn over, pull it out into your hook in the front loop of the next stitch, yarn over, pull it out or pull it through. And you're going to yarn over one more time and pull through all three loops on your hook. And congratulations, you just made an invisible decrease. And if you want to learn how to do that, there are so many tutorials on YouTube that you can literally watch. And if you want to learn more about anything I'm talking about today, you can find so many videos on YouTube and Pinterest giving you tips about all the things I'm talking about today, and there may be even a little more in depth. So, now we get to talk about the part that I struggle with so much, and that is not overstuffing. So, overstuffing your plushie is, well, not overstuffing your plushie is a pretty hard thing to do for me personally. I don't know if everyone struggles with this, but I definitely do. Now overstuffing is basically putting too much polyfill or too much cotton in your plushie so it can't maintain its shape and its clean slim looks and it ends up just being a big ball of stuffing. So while you're thinking this is pretty easy to do, it's kind of hard to do because some things you have to stuff as you make it. So if you're making a skinny doll with these skinny legs and skinny arms, you have to stuff it as you make it. Now while that sounds easy, You might think this part needs a lot of stuffing because it's the hip but then you realize wait that wasn't the hip that was actually the kneecap now you're gonna have like these big kneecaps in your doll so now it's gonna look unbalanced because the hips are now the, the kneecaps and the kneecaps are now the hips so overstuffing is just something you really have to be careful about and honestly you just learn how to do it over time for me i usually make the same plushie about two or three times So by the second or third time, I'm like, okay, I know how to stuff it correctly this time. Put a little less stuffing here, put a little more stuffing there, and just get the thing perfect. So this next part really just reshapes your whole entire knowledge about crocheting because it does. I can't even explain how. And it is yarning under instead of yarning over. Now when I read about this because I was doing some research for this podcast beforehand I was surprised and I was like I've never seen other crocheters do this and that's when I learned that not many crocheters know about this unless they've been doing amigurumi for years. So I feel like I'm one of those like hand selected few who know about this and if you know about this I'm gonna say that's awesome and crazy because I'm just learning about this even though I've been doing amigurumi for almost a whole year now. So and that is yarning under instead of yarning over. Now, yarning under is literally just what it is in its name. Instead of wrapping the yarn over your hook to do a stitch, you're going to wrap the yarn under your hook to do a stitch. Now you're probably wondering, why would I put myself through the misery of learning a whole new technique? Well, here is why. So I made two of my study buddy stress balls, one of them with yarning over and one of them with yarning under. So the yarning over one was like my regular study buddy, you know, nothing technical, just a little ball. And then on my yarn under one, I was shocked. Like I can't even I'm so excited to tell you guys about this. So I could tell there was so much different results when I was on row like when I was on row three and the results is the stitches are tighter they're cleaner and there's so much stitch definition like everything just looked so much better unfortunately I didn't continue the whole study buddy I only made half of it because it was the yarn under was too hard for me to do at the time but I will try again soon and I will master it that is my goal for 2021 hashtag near resolution things and if you guys haven't tried yarn under you should really check it out So, yeah, I don't have much information about it because I just learned about it like two weeks ago and it's I'm astonished. I'm astonished. Yes. Big words, period. So if you're probably wondering why you should yarn under, there are two main reasons. One of them, as I said before, just gives you a nice cleaner look. And the other reason is that you use a lot less yarn when you yarn under. Another, that's another thing I noticed while making my study buddies that I used a lot less yarn. But don't worry, I even looked it up to make sure it was true, and it was. When you yarn under, you use a lot less yarn than you would while yarning over. So if you're like me and you're, and you're on a budget, you are trying to save some money on yarn, try yarning under. So I only have two questions left because we are running out of time, and I do want to answer some of your guys's Instagram questions. And if you're wondering, hey, how can I get my question on the podcast? Usually a week or two before I start my podcast, I'll always put a poll on my Instagram story asking questions for this topic and you can write your question right there. Now, if you want to give me some podcast suggestions or have a question in general, you can always DM me and I'll always respond. So let's do our last two and answer some questions. So the last one I have is working in continuous rounds. So this one is kind of just so you don't have a line going down your whole project. And what I mean by that is, if you ever tried making a coaster or a hat and you slip stitch at the end of each row joining it, you'll notice there's a little line going down your project. That's what we don't want because it's gonna make your project look weird because there's a line going down the middle of it. So what we do instead is work in continuous rounds, which means we never slip stitch throughout the whole entire project. Now, if you're probably wondering, Caleb, if we don't slip stitch how can we find the start of our row? Well, time to introduce you to stitch markers. Stitch markers are a huge lifesaver, especially when it comes to crocheting. And one of the reasons why is because it literally does the slip stitches job, except we don't have to have a line going down the middle of our project. So, check out some stitch markers. They're like a dollar for a pack of 20. But, the thing is If you're a crochet, you already know this. And there is a saying that crocheters always lose their stitch markers. And this is 100% true. I bought a pack of 200 stitch markers and I can only find like 10 of them now. So be ready to have stitch markers laying all over the ground of your house. And if you don't believe me, buy some stitch markers and you'll see. So I'm really sorry if I rushed that last part. I just wanted to make sure I had time to answer your guys' questions because they are all so important to me. So the first one is from at I can't read names for my life. I'm so sorry. But they said, did you follow the instructions on some book for doing it? So personally, I haven't bought a crocheting book yet. Now, I do want some certain ones that I've been eyeing for a while now. And they are Amigurumi crocheting books. But you don't have to buy a crocheting book to learn. That is a huge misconception. And some people will buy like five books just to learn something. But you don't have to. There are a lot of free resources, which include YouTube and Pinterest. I use those to learn most of anything I want to learn. Now, my aunt did teach me the fundamentals of making a beanie, but everything else that I need to learn, I just learn it on YouTube or Pinterest. So definitely check those out. So at the alternative, Kitty said, where do you get your patterns and who are your favorite pattern creators? So for my amigurumi patterns, I usually always get them off of Pinterest. But I'm starting to look at other websites now, including Ravelry and some new ones that I've just heard about. So those are where I get some of my crocheting patterns from. And then my favorite pattern creators, I would say all about Amy for sure. She designed the elephant in the cover photo that I'm holding. She designs so many Amigurumi patterns and she designs a lot of different patterns, A book that I really like is Whimsical Stitches. That If that counts as a pattern creator, I love that book. I've seen it and I've seen like all the pages. I just haven't bought it yet, but I will be buying that one day. So at Laura.underscore.lee said, Tips on maintaining a round shape. My spears are always wonky. So when it comes to getting a round shape, you want to have the perfect ratio of increases, plain rows, and decreases so a tip that i use is for my study buddies you're going to want to do the same amount of increases and decreases and do that exact same amount of one rows of single crochets but one more so let's say you do five increases and five decreases so you'll do six rows of only single crochets let's say you do eight increases and eight decreases so you're going to do nine rows of just single crochet so you're always going to do one more row did you guys hear my dog barking? I'm so sorry. Or you can do one less row, and that's what I do, and it works perfectly. So let me know how that works out. So, our next question is from Abby Shilo and they asked tips for sewing pieces like ears onto a piece. So, when it comes to sewing in ears or any body part, it can be pretty difficult. If you know how to hand sew like I did when I was small, then it's pretty easy to do. But if you've never sewed in your life, you're probably like, what do I do? No worries. What you're going to do, especially when it comes for ears and heads, you're basically going to match the stitches up together. So one stitch of the ear will be sewed into one stitch of the body. The next stitch of the ear will be sewed into the next stitch of the body. And as long as you keep those even stitches, then you should be fine. But obviously I'm not the best teacher, especially over a microphone like this without hands on. So I would definitely say try YouTube and see if that works for you at M. O. N. A. asked, "Do you crochet in front loops only or both?" When it comes to crocheting, you definitely want to crochet through both loops. If you only do front loop only, you'll be making a ribbed pattern, which we don't want unless we're doing it intentionally. So the only time you would ever use front loops only is if they asked you to do it, or if you're doing an invisible decrease or invisible increase. At Audrey Y. K. O. underscore asked. How long did it take you to learn how to do it? And when you first started, was it really messy? So when I, the very first time I attempted Amigurumi, I couldn't get anything perfect and I actually gave up. But then I tried again in March 2020 last year. And for some reason, I chose a huge project and it took me a whole month to do because I kept redoing everything because it was really floppy and really messy. So you should expect for it to be messy. Because Mimi is really hard to learn, and a lot of the times it is messy when you first start. But I kept working on it for a whole month, the same project for a whole month, and then I got it finally clean enough, looks to my standards, and then I got it. So at i.underscore.ay.underscore.la asked, I noticed that you put the eyes in after you stuff it. How do you do that? So I actually don't put the eyes in after I stuff it, I actually put the eyes in before I stuff it. And basically when it comes to safety eyes, they're made to put in before you stuff it unless you get the beaded ones which you clip on. So sometimes I'll stuff it first and forget to put the safety eye in. So what I do from there is I'll either open it back up if I can manage to, which is a really hard technique to do. Or I'll just cut the back of it, take the stuffing out, put the safety eyes in there, restuff it, and then reclose it. Now it is a little bit more time, but if you want the safety eyes in there, you gotta do the work. So that was all the questions. Most of them were asking me to crochet amigurumi, things like ducks and sharks and stuff. I think they misunderstood the question because I probably could have worded it a little better. So I'll definitely word the next question a little better. I hope you guys really enjoyed today's podcasting. We talked about amigurumi, what it is, how to do it, and some nice tips and strategies to try. If this video helped you all out, please consider downloading this podcast. It really helps me out so, so much. So please download it. And if you also want to subscribe and rate it, I would appreciate that too. I can't believe I have to wait a whole other seven days just to talk to you all again, but I'll be there waiting. So I'll see you, yarn lovers, next week for another podcast episode. And next week we are talking about crocheting on social media. See you, yarn lovers, later. Bye.